I, I feel like the value of things is really derived by their impermanence. You know, at the end of the day, if you know that it's going to come to an end, you only have a certain amount of time to enjoy it and make the most of it. This is the Last Week Liquid Podcast. Welcome back to the Last Week Liquid Podcast, the show all about the world of drone base. This week, I'm extremely excited to bring you my discussion with Andy, also known as Faint. Andy is one of my drum bass idols and the very first drum and bass artist that I started listening to back in the day. So it was a real honor and a bit surreal to have this opportunity to talk with him. Uh, before we started chatting, I actually shared a picture with him. Uh, it was of a few mates of mine, myself and Andy, at a drum and bass event in Belgium six years ago. Uh, quite funny to look back uh, at a time when I was in the crowd and taking... Uh, pictures with him after the show uh, and fast forward to today where I'm sitting with him interviewing him for my own drum and bass podcast. Um, I guess there's some uh, inspirational quotes somewhere in there um, but that's not really my thing so I leave it at that. Uh, now onto the episode. Uh, we talked about the early days of YouTube, uh, how he goes about writing his tunes, uh, the importance of not chasing past successes and focusing on what connects with you um, as an artist, uh, the difference between playing live shows and live streaming, the importance of Twitch, Discord and communities in general, uh, especially during this pandemic. Uh, and we then got into a fascinating conversation on the universe, his thoughts on intergalactic, inter <coughs> not an easy word, intergalactic travel, um, other forms of life and much more. I truly loved having this discussion with Andy, uh, and I'm sure you will really uh, enjoy this episode. Two quick things before we start. Uh, first, there is an exceptionally a video version of this interview on YouTube, uh, which you can find on the Facebook group of the podcast, uh, Last Week Liquid Podcast Community, which is free to join, so I hope you will enjoy it. Uh, and do let me know if you prefer the video format, uh, as I'm thinking of maybe doing it uh, more often uh, going forward. Uh, secondly, just a quick disclaimer um, that in this conversation, um, it only reflects the opinions of Andy and myself. Uh, we talk at some point in the episode about positivity, the importance of how you react to negative experience, uh, and later on about traveling to other planets because not all the problems on Earth can be solved with its limited resources. Um, at no point did we intend to minimize the suffering of people going through challenging times or living in poverty or in less privileged part of, uh, parts of the world. Um, so I really do hope our comments uh, don't ever come across uh, in any uh, negative uh, way. But now onto the episode. So as always, thanks a lot for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed the show. And we're on. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Last Week Liquid podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Andy, better known as Faint. Of all the guests I've had on the show so far, Andy is probably the one that needs the least introduction. With over 10 years of releases across mostly Monster Cat and Liquicity, Andy has crafted one of the scene's most recognizable sounds. Blending melodies and energy to perfection, he has racked up hundreds of millions of streams through the years and is a regular at some of the biggest festivals around the world. I also have to mention that Andy is the very first drum and bass artist that I started listening to back in the day, so it's an absolute honor to be sitting with him today. 
You can catch his latest release, Do Better, out now on MonsterCat. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing great, thanks. <laughs> Hope I didn't put too much pressure on you with that intro. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I did have to put that disclaimer in that, uh, yeah, you are like the first like drone-based artist I started listening to when I discovered like Liquidity. Uh, and you're like the first one where I was like, okay, I need to find out all the tracks that this guy has made. <laughs> <laughs> so it's slightly surreal for me to be speaking with you now, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. So how are things with you? How are things in, uh, in Manchester at the moment? Uh, yeah, good. I mean, the whole COVID situation is still, is still ongoing. You know, we've got a, I think we've got a little roadmap in the UK for how things are going to go, but we'll, I guess we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. The, uh, I think the news was, because uh, I, I don't really, I'm in Ireland at the moment, but uh, in the UK, it sounds pretty promising, at least from what they've announced, like in June, July, it's like everything's going to be open from what they've said. <laughs> yeah, that's what they want to do, whether or not that happens, I'm not sure. But we're doing pretty okay with the vaccines at the moment. And so if you look at the percentages of, of vaccinations in the UK compared to like across Europe, we're doing, we're doing all right. I, mm. I, I, well, I guess we'll see how it goes, you know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm definitely not one of these people who has really kept an eye on all of the figures day by day. Like there's people who are just like really mm. checking every day, percentage change every day. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about it with a, with a mate the other day and he was telling me the same thing. Like he doesn't check anything anymore because it yep. comes to a point where it's like either you open, you read the news every morning and then you're just depressed for, for the whole day or yeah. you just decide to like, okay, just let me know when I can go outside and shop or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been going on for such a long time now that like it's got to that point where the, the way that the numbers change are in the hands of of, of the people above, you know, and uh, we only have like a really general outline of how they're handling things. And that's, uh, yeah. 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 So how are you feeling regarding like summer festivals and stuff? Are you cautiously optimistic, excited? <laughs> optimistic, very excited. Uh, obviously, um, I'm not going to get my hopes up for it. I'm not mm. putting all my eggs in the, I need the festivals to make me happy basket, but yeah, it'll be really good fun. And especially to see everyone again, uh, all the international friends and yeah. yeah, yeah. Are, are you booked for some, some festivals already or anything? You well, can... like for example, the one that I'm really looking forward to is, uh, is obviously liquidity because mm. I think last year. It was the first time it didn't happen since it started, you know, and yeah. it's a really, really weird thing. And Liquidity is really special because it's like, it's where everyone comes together, you know, mm. that is one time in the year, like all of the people that you've ever met ever just come together, <laughs> uh, in one, in one place. And it's a, uh, it's just really good fun and really, really nice vibes. And it's yeah, yeah, not yeah. the, not the largest festival in the world, but it's definitely, it's got some of the best vibes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the only only festival like drum and bass festival I've gone to like I've never been to like let it roll or any of the yeah. hospitality events or the likes but definitely like liquidity there's that like it's 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 a bit cringy but like family vibe yeah like everybody yeah. is like friendly and everybody's there for the music which you might not get at like let it roll because it's so big and like yeah. anybody shows up almost uh yeah. so yeah I get what you mean with with liquidity it's quite a, a, a special festival yeah. Um, so, 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 how did you start actually with because uh, you you've collaborated quite closely with Liquidity over the years. How did that yeah. whole like collaboration start? Do you remember? I mean, it, it was pretty natural. Like uh, before I started even producing, you know, I was listening to so mainly in in terms of drum and bass, mainly two things. Right, first was like Pendulum with like Hold Your Color, and then the, 
and then you know also uh like liquidity and the the old uploads like back in those days like so back in those days with youtube it was really weird right because youtube was the first place i ever started uploading tunes mm. you know and uh it was much more like a like an a, felt more like a, just like a normal social social media back then you know people were like sending you friend requests on facebook and like you know like you know what i mean yeah, like it was yeah, yeah. a bit weird on, on on youtube sorry on youtube yeah. it, was, it was a bit weird and the back in those days there was these loads of these like small independent like promotional channels just loads of them or millions of them and like it was as a new producer then it was really such a big thing to get on these promotional channels because i remember thinking like oh this one bro this one's huge it's got fourteen thousand subs matt that's that's incredible like mind-bogglingly huge and when one of them would like upload a tune you would like lose your mind and like all your friends would be like oh fuck yeah that's that's sick like you know what i mean like it was it was a it was a it was a really weird atmosphere but it was kind of like it felt like the wild west of like music production mm -hmm. at that time because it was it was at like a critical point where people were starting to get into production like it was starting to become like quite mainstream and mm -hmm. um people getting their hands on old copies of like FL Studio. Yeah. But it was the, the at the classic. same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, at the same time, it was kind of before it really blew up. So it was like before your splice, before like, mm. you know, like the, the era of like a million tutorials and, yeah. and, and, and stuff like this. So it was in this weird turning point, I guess. And it was really exciting to be part of that. It was like the Wild West, right? Like, um, and also because YouTube back then did DMCA, right? So like mm. all these promotional channels are uploading like shitty radio rips in like 128 and like people are like, what would like flock to these things and just walk like, you know, then then like rip that and then re-upload on like LimeWire. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> in, in like, in like 64 kilobits, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, bro. Like it was, it was a weird time, but it was like really exciting for me who like at the time didn't, literally didn't know anything. I was just a dude with, who really liked the music and and liked the shitty radio rips and, mm. and 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 liked listening to the music and being exposed to that and it was new and exciting and it felt really like really yeah. cool and uh, yeah. So, so so did it ever feel like a like was it an actual goal to be on liquidity or was it uh, okay. like just a dream uh, like uh maybe someday like absolutely back at like when I started because liquidity was already like much bigger than the other channels. And they were one of like the first ones that I followed that started taking that more serious, like the promotional side of it more seriously. And they especially when they started the label and everything in yeah. the really early days. And it was definitely becoming uh, like a step ahead of the other like small. A business, yeah. Exactly. And so it, it felt like something that was when I was starting out a bit out of, out of my reach. And it was definitely like a goal to be on there. And, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. So did you... Did you like reach out to them saying, oh, I have these tunes, do you want to yeah. feature them? How did, like, do you remember like the first tune on Liquidity? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I do. Uh, it, it was like a, it was a much more mellow tune. I think my first upload was called And I Knew. And it's not mm -hmm. like a really well-known tune, I think, because again, it was really early in my production life, I guess. And uh, I, yeah, I'd sent a few tunes to them before and uh, didn't hear back. And then this one, they were like, oh, yeah, I really like this. Mm. Um, and, and so, so they so, just uploaded it. And it was like a really big thing for me back then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was that like a signed tune or was it just... It a, wasn't. No, okay. it was just a... I think it was like a free release. It was just like some 
just yeah. casual thing because back then I didn't think about releases and stuff. I was just like, oh, here's tune and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, you know, like <laughs> upload my own MP3 into like zippy file and be yeah, like, yo, guys, here's a new, here's a new track. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So that, how did that feel? Do you remember? How yeah, it yeah. It was, it was such a big thing for me. It was really, really, uh, it felt like the, like the top of the world. Like I felt like I was on the top of the world, you know what I mean? Like, hell yeah. Like this, this channel that I've been following for so long, we finally uploaded a tune. It felt really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So then from there, how, how did it, cause obviously afterwards you, you start signing tracks with them. So, uh, how, how did that journey kind of look like? Did you keep sending them tracks? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just kept sending them tracks and because I was uploading my own tracks on my YouTube channel and uh, they were getting some views and stuff, I think it made it a bit easier to Mm. transition into sort of them saying oh cool we like this tune how about we do like a release or something like that so mm. yeah and and had you released because liquidity wasn't like your first releases i think like you, you had some releases beforehand on labels right yeah like so the releases back then were nothing definitely nothing big and nothing that i like really talk about at the moment <laughs> in terms of just like it's such it's so long ago firstly i barely remember it and secondly yeah. like it was nothing super professional, you know, it was just a case of like, when you're, when you're just starting out, anyone who says anyone, literally anyone who says, Oh, we're a label, like, and we want to release your music, you'll immediately be like, Oh, that's so exciting. You know, mm. yeah, we'll do it. You don't even read, don't read the contract. You just be like, yeah, I'll do it. And you just sign the student away. And it's like really dumb when you think about it. But when, before you have management, before you think about the business side of things, mm. you're just a, you're just some, yeah, I'm just a guy with some software who just makes, random sounds and I'm like wow someone wants to pay me a little bit of money for this like I'll do it you know yeah <laughs> I didn't really think about it back then yeah yeah so, so so at what point do you do you remember like taking it a bit more seriously like thinking okay I should be careful what labels I sign with uh I should take a look at the contract maybe a bit more like <laughs> when was that turning point that was sort of uh, the time when I was thinking about making a proper go of it like full-time and secondly that was around also um just shortly before uh my current manager got in touch with me and then things became a bit more serious right because then you have to start thinking about the business aspect of it which i just never really did you know mm. um yeah so how was that transition was it like a smooth easy transition or was it like like did it feel like okay now it's a, like a job or were you still enjoying it like what was that process like it it wasn't it wasn't too difficult um, for me personally, just because uh, you know I, I really love and respect my manager very much. He's done a, a lot for me, and he always looked out for me in that way. And uh, really, he was the guiding force behind that kind of transition, I guess. And, uh, mm. and so I didn't really have to think about it. And any questions I had were just immediately answered. And yeah, <laughs> sounds like the ideal man manager. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 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 How did you get in touch with him? Like, did he find you or? Uh, I don't remember the exact uh, like logistics behind it, but he got in touch with me, I believe. Mm. Um, I can't exactly remember, yeah, uh, where he got my contacts from. But um, yeah, it was it was really just that he was like, "Well, we can uh, I can work with you on a, like a trial period for now, and we'll see how things go." And it went really well. So yeah. nice. So take take me back to again as much as you remember, like before, like when you started producing. Because I can mm -hmm. see guitars in the background and probably a Les Paul or something. Uh, <laughs> were you yeah. like uh, a guitarist before being a producer? Uh, how did you start into music? Yeah, so I mean, I, I was never really a musical kid, honestly. And uh, I, I did pick up playing the guitar because I just really enjoyed it. And I never took lessons for it. And it was just kind of me 
um, basically just playing my brother's guitar. Really, I didn't I didn't have my own at that time, and uh, just really enjoyed it. And it was just like you know, as 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 teenage kids do, just picked up a guitar, listened to some tracks that I liked, and then yeah. ultimateguitar.com looked up some tabs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And it was nothing ever super you know, uh, super serious or anything like that. I did practice quite a lot. Um, and I still try and practice every now and then when I can. Um, but yeah, I did. That was my only exposure to anything musical. And mm. back then was just, you know, plucking away at a, an old Fender Squire, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you never like took classes or played in bands or stuff like that before? Uh, no, I had, um, like a, a group of, a couple of friends who also played and uh back then i had a friend who who sung and sometimes we would get together and just play some stuff together it wasn't like a band or anything you know mm. um, and you never thought about like because i'm always curious about people who start up with like an instrument and then go into production like there's a lot of uh especially in drum and bass a lot of people start with like guitar or piano or whatever and yeah. then go into production um you never thought of like continuing with guitar and like like you weren't because you talked about pendulum and that's like almost more of a rock band yeah um that that never really appealed to you i mean it's it was a thought that had crossed my mind a couple of times but i i don't know it, it the whole like guitar thing i although I, i obviously i really like pendulum but i never really saw myself making that kind of music you know mm. and i guess years ago i experimented with that kind of sound and it was I guess like a phase, <laughs> I, 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 I guess not, like I still, the majority of like writing melodies, writing chords, I do on the guitar still now, okay. but I rarely use the actual sound of the guitar itself. Like I rarely record it or I rarely DI like a guitar mm. and use that. I, I, I do it occasionally, but more as like a background element, you know? Okay. Um, if anything, a lot of times I, I like using um like an evo on the electric guitar as more of like a as more of like a background thing rather than a foreground element like what's like, that evo oh yeah like an e so so an evo is is basically like a like an electro uh like an electromagnet ma okay. magnetic little device thing basically okay and uh they're quite they're pretty old now this is like not new technology they're invented like the <laughs> 70s or something right okay but it's literally just an electromagnet and you just hold it against the string and it it it, it bows the the guitar string like an okay. electric guitar string, like you would bow, like a violin bow, right? Ah, and so I never it, heard it, Okay. Yeah, so instead of plucking the guitar string, yeah. you're, just, you're basically bowing it with a magnet. And so it allows you to get like the like longer textures okay. out yeah, of the guitar, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, and so you just put like slap some reverb on there and you got some instant pads and stuff, pads. I guess. Okay, yeah. that sounds pretty cool. I never heard yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was experimenting the other day with um, just throwing like a ton of like just one or two notes and then a ton of reverb and delay and there's some amazing plugins that it, you can just create pads out of it exactly because uh, mm -hmm. yeah i found like recently a few tracks of mine that i've heard and then i've heard other people using the same sample because i'm most mm -hmm. more in like liquid stuff i'm like okay i need to start using splice a bit less because mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so so tell me about like your writing process so you said you usually start on on guitar mm -hmm. um so is that like for melodies? Is it like chord progressions? How does that work? Yeah, because obviously like, I mean, for the kind of drum and bass that I make, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I still think there's a lot of people who would like take exception to calling it even drum and bass, you know, because it's like more, you know, it's more melody. It's more yeah. about the song, you know? 
Yeah. I've always liked writing melodies and, and stuff like that. It's never been, I've never really been about like the, the techie sort of underground vibe. Although I like, regardless of how much I respect that. Um, mm. And, you know, I listen to that kind of music as well. It's just not what I produce personally. Um, but yeah, usually I'll just pick up the guitar, play some chords, play some, play some melodies over it. And then if something sticks, then I can transition that into um, like transcribing that, those chords that, those melodies onto into my DAW and sort of writing synths around, mm. like making synths around that and making that work, you know? Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. You'd never guess that you actually start on guitar, like based on the, like mm. the final output, you'd never imagine that it started from like an acoustic guitar or something. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really, is that like your process all the time or do you have like also piano or? Uh, um, I see like nowadays I'm putting more effort into learning how to play the keyboard basically. Um, and I'm not that good at it right now, honestly, I'll be honest. Uh, and it was never something that I learned when I was younger either. So this is kind of like a recent thing, but I never really use it that much to actually write. I, I'm much more comfortable writing stuff on the guitar just because I, you know, I can, I can, I feel like I can just improvise a lot more. Yeah. I've just been playing it for such a, more, a longer time, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, it depends what you start with. I, I yeah. feel a lot more comfortable on a, on a piano because that's what I learned when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And I feel like a piano, I can see the notes I'm playing, with, mm. whereas on the, I can play the guitar as well, but like I, you don't have that visual, unless you're yeah. used to it, but you don't have that visual aspect of, okay, I know this is like a C or a D or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, getting used to it, I guess. Mm. Uh, so how are you learning like piano? Because I think a lot of people, especially producers, want to like learn more keyboards uh -huh. and piano how are you learning that literally just using just free stuff on the internet i don't again i'm not taking lessons right now but i'm just kind of studying theory studying especially the thing that i'm focusing on is just sight reading music honestly mm. it's not something that i ever learned especially because i didn't do well at music at school mm. um so yeah just getting just getting better and quicker at sight reading music so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a long process now like keyboards mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, a very yeah, yeah. Very different than than guitar, yeah. Your yes. your two hands and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, so w one thing I'm curious is um, like your very first releases, the ones uh, I listened to, like Horizons and, and stuff like that. They were definitely more on the like I guess liquid side or maybe more chill. If you compare them to like the the big bangers that, are, <laughs> that you're putting out today, uh, I'm just curious how that transition happened. Like, did you? Do you always want to do dance floor music later on or like how? Yeah, how I guess so. I mean, if you like when I think about my um, my influences like Pendulum, for example, they, they were much more like energetic and much more dance floor oriented tracks, uh, obviously with some exceptions. Um, but yeah, um, I, really, I've always liked both. But I think when I started playing shows and stuff that obviously uh, I'm sure I, I've heard a lot of people have the same experience. Like when you start playing shows, there's always that temptation to always make dance floor tracks because mm. you're like, oh, I want something you need to play, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you want it to be like bigger and like uh, more <laughs> energetic than the last one. And it's, it's, it is a slippery slope, honestly. Yeah. But now like there's, there's firstly, there's a, there's a good in between, I think. Mm. Right. There's a good in between of those two things. You can make really energetic dance floor tracks, which also are expressive musically, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But obviously, there's only so much you can express through the medium of loud 200 hertz snares, which, <laughs> which, have, which have a place, obviously, right? Like, yeah. 
that that, that, that they exist for a reason and in a context they sound great you know but um yeah actually it's interesting because because nowadays especially on like a, a new uh, on some of the new stuff that i'm working on um that haven't been announced haven't been released yet so i've got some stuff which is much more like the old the old days which is okay more laid back much more stripped back or... yeah more stripped back and a little bit more i guess sensitive i i, I guess and <laughs> okay yeah i'm looking forward to that because mm. uh yeah obviously i loved the uh, like big dance floor anthems and i was speaking with a uh, with andrew medic a few episodes ago and and you you put out a track quite recently with him which, mm -hmm. which i love but i also love my more chilled laid back yeah. liquid type of vibe so it's uh yeah it's cool that you're going back towards that. <laughs> yeah. Would you yeah. say it's like liquid or is it is it still like dance floor but on the more on, honestly honestly the word like uh subgenre names like this, like liquid, is that it's always a term that I really avoid. And people okay. like append it onto a lot of my stuff and I'm like, bro, don't do that, you know? Because at the end of the day it's not. You you look at you look at what liquid drum and bass actually means, right? And 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 tracks that that I would actually consider or artists that I actually would consider making liquid drum and bass, right? And what I make, it doesn't resemble that at all. No, absolutely. So, no. so I really want to avoid, like, I really want to avoid this misconception that I think that that people would feel like I'm hijacking something because I'm mm. not. I don't intend to do that. I don't. I don't describe my own music in that way at all. You know. Okay. Yeah, I just no, make. Sense, I yeah. just. I literally just make music. And if you want to, if people want to label it as drum and bass because it's a one roughly one seven four beats per minute and it's got uh you know drum patterns that are based on the on the amen break mm. then then that you're fine to do that i think that's a fair uh way of cataloging it or like yeah, categorizing yeah. it you know that's absolutely fine by me but when it starts being more specific about subgenres like nah i i, I, I i'm not really interested in being under a subgenre you know okay. so if anyone yeah. asks me to describe the kind of music that i make i just i just make melodic drum and bass just make music <laughs> like it, it, because it's more for, again it's more focused on the the song elements and less about like the techie aspects and yeah yeah no, absolutely and stuff so yeah yeah no i get that it's true yeah we tend to me included uh to get bogged down by like subgenres and exactly, yeah. sometimes it just because it helps like i don't know differentiating when you're talking about an artist and you want to explain what it sounds like it just helps convey a certain image exactly. uh but then that can yeah there's also the backlash not backlash backside of yeah. Well, it might not exactly be liquid or whatever, so there's no yeah, point yeah, using yeah. that term. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just mentioning your track with uh, Andromedic there. Um, how how did that collaboration come about? Because uh, I got his side of the story. I'd love to hear yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty natural thing. Obviously, we're both making uh, you know very melodic dance floor based stuff on 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 the same label, and it's only natural, especially this year. I thought I haven't really done any much collaboration um, in general, and uh, this year uh, I decided, you know what, I'll I'll just make, be more conscious of trying to do more collaborations, and this was a really natural one to to to, to do. So he, I, he sent me um, the idea, the original idea, which was basically the main melody in like a project file with some placeholder stuff and. I basically worked on that and we just sent it back and forth basically until we were happy with it. Yeah. Mm. And so when did the, um, the vocals come in? Was it meant to be like featuring a vocalist? Or? Yeah, I mean, we always knew that it would be a good idea to feature mm. a vocalist. Uh, we didn't really have an idea of who or what kind of vocal. So we just worked on the instrumental, being conscious to leave 
space mm. for a vocal, you know, yeah, and yeah. structure it around it having a vocal. And yeah. then when the instrumental was done, we, um, you know, looked for potential vocalists and eventually we, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Was it like a lengthy process or was it a like pretty straightforward? Because I know some collabs sometimes take a lot more time. Uh, and here being like the first time, I believe first time you collaborated with Andrew Medic, um, how was that process like? Was it smooth? Was there a lot of negotiation? <laughs> no, it was pretty smooth. It was pretty smooth, honestly. Like, uh, it, yeah, there wasn't that much debate. It was just sort of like, oh, well, I, this sounds cool. Like I did this bit and then, they, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And it really was pretty, like, I don't have much to say on it. Like it was just like, yeah, it was yeah. really, really easy actually. Yeah. Ah, cool. Uh, just talking about vocalists, I, I do want to talk about also your like past collaborations with like uh, Vila and Laura Brem. They're like, when I hear do- their voices, I almost associate them with your music because you've done a lot of tracks uh, together. Uh, and I think some of your like biggest tracks uh, as well. Um, so tell me about like those collaborations, like v- Vila, for example, how did, how did that start? How did you, you guys meet? I'll be honest with you. I don't actually remember the first time we got in contact or why. Like, I, I really don't remember. I think it, it was literally, yeah, yeah. I, I think literally it was just like, I just sent her, did I even, did I even open that up by sending her an instrumental or something and be like, do you want to do a collaboration? I can't remember. But in any case, like we did, um, yeah, we, we at some point started um, making music together and because it, it was doing quite well, we just decided to keep on, mm. keep on working together, you know? yeah. Yeah. So, so what makes, because um, obviously I was talking to this about um, with Telomic uh, as well, and he's collaborated with the same vocalist several times as well. Um, what makes like a, like a good collaboration? What makes a collaboration work in your eyes? I think it's when um, uh, the, the, the person that you're collaborating with can connect to the same sort of what you're trying to convey, right? Like if you're trying to, if your idea is based around a certain melody or a certain rhythm and the, if the collaborator can feel that and work around that and build things that support that that central idea mm. then i think that's that's what works really well yeah okay yeah and i guess there's also an aspect of like when you collaborate a lot with somebody then you're you feel more comfortable giving like honest feedback or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that exactly uh, yeah mm-hmm. so it makes the whole process just just smoother yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about Laura Bremden? Because you've done quite a few tracks with her as well. Yeah, again, um, I think it was actually, again, I don't remember the exact context behind how it happened, but it, we literally just sent her um, an instrumental, like, hey, do you want to work together on this? And, uh, and uh, yeah, she came back with a really great vocal. And, and, and we were like, wow, well, mm-hmm. this, this, this would really work. And, you know, our, our, our tracks together really, really did well and people really connected with them. And I think yeah. we had a good, like a working synergy in that way. So. Yeah. Do, do you feel some, cause like those tracks, I guess, like you're mentioned, like Time Bomb or Vagrant or which like some of my favorites, uh, like when you, when you have those written down and they're like almost done, do you, do you have like a sense that they're going to do better? Like, are, are they special for you or are they just like another track that you're putting out there and you don't know what to expect? Um, I think everything, I like to say that everything that I put out at some point, especially during the writing process and when it's fresh and new, it's always really exciting to me. It's mm-hmm. never just, another, I don't see the music as like a product. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like part of uh, every every 
piece that I put out is sort of like it represents something new that I've learned in in, in Minecraft, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you can never, you can honestly never really tell which ones are going to take off, and which ones you, which which ones aren't. And there's no point trying to chase that or pretend that you can sort of capture the success of like an old track, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. there's no point thinking about it. You just do what you what you're feeling at the time and express your creativity, mm. I guess. And I think that's the most important. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't have a feeling like when it was done, like, okay, like this hook is like really strong. It's going to resonate or the lyrics are really good. They're going to resonate or they always feel special. Uh, I guess so, but only in the case, only in the sense that you don't release it and think like this is going to resonate with other people. You just listen to it and you go, wow, that resonates with me at this time, at this moment in time, you know, like this hook is kind of catchy actually, or like I can, I can see this, I can see myself playing this out and it being and sounding the way that I want it to sound, you know, yeah, there's yeah. no really, yeah, again, there's no real chasing other people's expectations or how other people are going to receive that, you know? Yeah. 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 And no, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it can be a tricky, like a slippery slope, as you said, like if you're, trying to chase i know a lot of bands have that sometimes like if a first album is super successful and they, they try to reproduce that sound but it just doesn't sound the same because it's not mm. as honest i imagine yeah. Yeah. uh yeah that can be a, a slippery slope just want to s- switch it slightly from from music um because you're an active uh twitch streamer recently <laughs> <laughs> i mean i wouldn't say i kind of active i guess like uh, we stream twice a week um yeah it's pretty active yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that start? How how did that idea get about? Honestly, it was it was kind of triggered by uh, by by lockdown, I guess. Just having more time and uh, thinking of more ways to connect to the community and mm. and uh, just more things to do um, yeah, yeah. surrounding surrounding you know the music and 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 whatever. Like, although we don't really, I don't really stream. Uh, that much music related stuff i plan to in the future but really i see it as an outlet just to like chill with people you know mm-hmm. after after working on music throughout the week it's nice to have uh, just a set amount of time where you can just sit down play video games yeah, yeah. hang out with you know chat with chat with people in the community and and and, and answer questions and, and just just chill really yeah 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 it's a it's a fascinating world that i'm like totally like uh not in like not uh familiar with Cause I, I jumped on your stream like a few times and the first time I realized you were gaming and like, I just didn't understand anything that was happening. Like it's a whole <laughs> like vocabulary and, yeah. uh, everything. It's like completely new to me. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so what are like some games that you're playing now? Um, honestly, at the moment, mainly playing a game called Apex, uh, which is the one that I mainly stream, honestly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, I play some 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 fighting games like Dragon Ball. I think is is, okay. is kind of popular amongst the Discord and uh, yeah. community and, and 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 my friends as, as well. So yeah, were you always a always a gamer since you were a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I was more of like an introverted, quiet kid. You know, I spend all I spent all my all my time as a kid reading books um, on the computer, playing video games, or, or or you know this kind of thing. So yeah, it was definitely always something that I've been into. Yeah. Yeah. So were you like, were you apprehensive to like jump on, on a stream or, cause I've heard like big DJs who've done like, like big festivals saying that they were apprehensive, like doing live streams. Uh, and I, I don't know, I found that like interesting. Uh, yeah. how, how, how would you compare like the, like live experience 
versus like live streaming? Uh, I, it's kind of, it is different. It is, it is, it does make you nervous. You know, like I, I've spent a lot of years playing shows. I'm used to that environment, but it's different when people are there with a, a huge sound system, you know, huge sound system. People are in like a party mood, you know, it's everyone at, at the show is obviously in the same time zone, you know, like they're yeah. in that they've come out to have a good time to party and, and, you know, have a drink and have a dance and, 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 and enjoy, enjoy the atmosphere. You know, when you're streaming, it feels a bit different because you're also conscious of the, of the fact that there's probably someone on the other side of the world on their lunch break, you know, yeah. having a coffee and a bagel <laughs> halfway through the day. And like, you don't know what they're thinking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm used to playing like upbeat, like drum, drum, like dance floor drum based stuff, and it's like I don't yeah. know. It, it feels, it feels, it would be like showing up at a work party and playing like a like a, a set that you would normally play at like a lunch center. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird feeling. Like, and you're just conscious. At least I'm conscious of that. I don't know. Maybe maybe people don't care, but like when I I did recently did a a, a set for Monscat um, Monscat Radio basically, and uh, I was like every, all all of my friends. No, I was super, super nervous. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, yeah, man, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I I was I feeling really nervous about that. <laughs> I find that really interesting because uh, like, I've, I've seen you live quite a few times and I've seen videos of like the like rampage and like thousands of people. So for me to like imagine that you'd be nervous when you're in the safety of your own home behind <laughs> a screen, like feels very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the, where the pressure comes from. It's really strange. Yeah, it's, it's a really weird feeling. But, yeah. but I think it's one of those things that once, because I was also really even even super nervous again, because I'm, I'm, I'm not a super like extroverted person, you know, like I'm comfortable talking, whatever. Like I don't mm. have trouble socializing kind of thing. But I, I, I derive a lot of like energy from spending time by myself, you know, in yeah. my own space, my own company. Um, even the first time just streaming, being on camera on the internet, and playing, even playing video games or whatever. Like the, my first ever stream was like, um, uh, was actually a production stream. Okay. And it was just really, yeah, it made me super, super nervous to sit in front of people and, 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 and to have people like listen to what you're saying or like yeah. that's the purpose of it, right? Um, so that it feels like you over scrutinize what you're saying, like over scrutinize yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's just a, it's, it's a habit. It's like, if I were to play like a, a, a show of any size, because I've never played live, but a show of any size, I have no idea how I'd get through it. But like, like, do you still get nervous for shows, for example, or is it like totally? I think like, I think I think I think nerves are, are, are natural, right? Like in any in any uh, area w which you are passionate about and you care about, and 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 you wanna, um, you know, when you have a job to do, really, and you, you want people to enjoy themselves. Maybe it's not necessarily nerves based on being scared of it. It's more nerves based on self, uh, self-applied pressure to do mm -hmm. well and, and 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 to do your job well and yeah. and let the people that you're playing to have a good time because that's really what you're there for, you know. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No nerves play like a an important part. Is yeah, yeah, no, totally. And so for for live streams like recently, like Monster Cat, like when you're in it. Do, like do you do you manage to enjoy it or do you like stay nervous and yeah, super yeah. focused? <laughs> Actually, it was a it was a really familiar experience because I, you know, I, like 
anyone, I remember when I started playing shows and I would talk to people who are more experienced than me and they would, the, the first thing that any of them always say is like, oh, don't worry, right? You play your first tune and after that, you, you'll think mm. about it. And it's just true. And I say the same thing to any time I've seen people who aren't super experienced playing shows, it's the, exactly the same thing I would say to them, you know? Yeah. And it was, the, it was the same for the online stuff. It's just like, you play the first tune, you just forget that it's... <laughs> yeah, you get into zone and, and yeah, you exactly, forget yeah. who's listening and who's watching. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and that actually, uh, it's actually a great segue into uh, a track you played during that that, that stream, uh, your remix of, of The Midnight, mm -hmm. uh, Monsters. So tell me about your love story with The Midnight, <laughs> for people who don't know the band. <laughs> uh, so the, so, the, so the, the Midnight are a, are a duo, right? And, uh, and they, they, they are one of the really big players in sort of like the synth wave, that kind of, that kind of domain. And they are... Uh, yeah honestly i've always really really liked the music um i really like the, the aesthetic that sound it's really nostalgic and it's it's just the also their their songwriting is really interesting uh, mm. the production is great and uh, the melodies are just super super catchy and in terms of uh you know personally it's also yeah it's really personal for me too you know mm -hmm. um I really connect with the music and I've had some really amazing experiences and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listening to the music. And, um, it's one of the things that, for example, uh, you know, uh, I bonded with my girlfriend over, for example, oh, okay. and even before we were together. And so it's got like that's kind of sentimental sort of yeah, yeah. value, I, I guess as well. And, and it's always going to have something attached to that. In, yeah. In that yeah. Sense, yeah. Yeah, it it is quite a like deep, deep. Even if if you don't have experience attached with the music, it's still like it has a lot of weight and like meaning behind the music. I feel at least when I listen to it. Uh, so so, how did it feel when um, I forget Tyler? I think the singer uh, yeah. when he was listening to the, the the remix submissions and and your track came on. How did that feel? Oh, absolutely huge it was such a big thing and uh, and um uh, for me personally it was so gratifying like regardless of of how the competition went because it was a remix competition right yeah. regardless of how it went i just i i honestly only entered not not to not because i wanted to win but just because i wanted to do a remix you know like yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how you should approach it yeah. exactly i just jumped at the chance to do the remix because it was something that was kind of personal to me and uh it was fun to put like a because obviously synthwave and drum and bass, they don't really, they don't, it's, these are like, it's not like a Venn diagram. They're just no, like no, two separate sure. things. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, oh, with, with some, some exceptions, obviously, but, um, I, I would have thought that, uh, that the, the, the band themselves were not super familiar with drum and bass and especially like the, the direction that the scene take is, is taking now mm -hmm. and the different aspects of it. And it was fun to be able to just encapsulate, um, my own, current like style and ideas yeah. into into something that is really personal to me as well and, and yeah i was watching the stream was really cool because he had such a great reaction and yeah i remember feeling super really emotional about it because again I, I watched it i watched it with my girlfriend and oh uh, cool oh she 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 she's a big fan as well and and yeah and uh and it was just a really uh kind of touching moment i guess yeah yeah have, have you ever seen them seen them live because they've announced yeah. a tour for next year but uh yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw them in 2019, and they came to Manchester actually. Okay. Uh, and it was a. Uh, they were really. They were really great, honestly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
because uh, I've I've never seen them live, but I have a good friend who's a big fan as well, and mm. and he's seen them, and he said they were amazing, and and I just saw I think through the remix competition that they had announced a tour for 2022, yeah, uh, and they're coming to Ireland and and Belgium as well, where where I'm from, yeah. um, so I'm definitely going to see them. I have to see them at least once. <laughs> Do they play like a How's their show actually? Is it like live instruments or is it a, what does it look like? Uh, yeah, um, there's some live instruments, obviously like the, the, the saxophone. They, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Saxophonist, they have like the, you know, um, you know, keyboards, the synths, um, stuff like that. Obviously like, a yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real, real great experience. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you plan on seeing them again? I, I definitely hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I th it's funny as well because we were talking about um, on the Discord like uh, using music in in streams, and I had mentioned that I, I I discovered the midnight through somebody who was streaming on YouTube and was putting their music uh, in the background at the start. Uh, hmm. I think it was um, the first track of Nocturnal. I forget the name now. Shadows, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and that was playing. I was like, okay, I need to. Because I hadn't heard really synthwave before then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those guys are like really cool about like how their music is used and yeah. in like streams, whatever. I know you use it on on Twitch as well. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a really cool approach to to like music. I think definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. Instead of like I don't know being very protective or like as you said, like copyrights on YouTube being taken down by labels, they're very mm -hmm. like open to. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to use it and be creative, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Just moving out here. Uh, something I was wondering, just because we were talking about like live streams and 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 live shows, uh, I'm always like interested in how like technology is like changing music landscape, etc. Um, do you feel like live streams like have a place in even when live shows come back? that we're still going to have live streams, they have their place or well, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I'm not really sure, you know, I'm really not sure. Uh, live streaming DJ sets and stuff is not something that I've done much of. And it's not something that I've really paid a huge amount of attention to because I've used the time in, in when shows haven't been happening um, to focus on production and stuff like that. And I know that other people, um, you use that time to focus on, you know, as you said, like the live streams and things like that. So it's not something that I'm actually uh, super experienced with, I would say. I don't really have that strong an opinion on it. I'm really not sure how that will go. Okay. Do, 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 do you feel like, as as a fan, would you like attend like live streams? Because that, that was like a big thing, like, uh, like obviously like the big artists like Justin Bieber and whatever, like doing, doing live streams with like paid live streams where you have to pay your ticket to watch the live stream. Would, would that be of like any interest to you or because I'm really on the edge on on the fence uh. yeah it really depends on what uh what the what the content of the stream is I guess if it's like mm. uh, something really special um then absolutely and uh um I guess I would treat it in exactly the same way as I would treat uh, like real shows you know if it's something that really interests me then yeah I'm happy yeah. buy a ticket for it yeah. yeah 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 I guess the only difference is you need a an actual show behind. Like if it, if it's just like a DJ streaming, like from their kitchen, like I'm not sure I'd, I'd spend like 15 euro, 20 euro to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in in these cases, like I mean, I know a lot of people that do that do do that, and it's uh, it's 
really good to support them, obviously, if they're your friends, especially, you know. Mm. Uh, but you can do that just by, if they're streaming on Twitch, for example, you can do that just by uh, watching, the, watching the stream, you know, subbing to their, ch- to their channel, you know, gifting yeah. subs, this kind of thing. You know, there's different ways to support them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think like with the whole lockdown situation, you mentioned like Twitch being a way to like connect with the community as well. And you definitely do that through your, your Discord as well. Um, tell me a bit about the, the wholesome gang. <laughs> when I arrived on the <laughs> I arrived on the Discord, I I got like fifteen messages of like welcome <laughs> to the wholesome gang. <laughs> I I mean so so I mean the Discord really was just a way to again a, a way to connect two people and connect people together, you know, and that's that's how it's grown. It's been really natural and just doing more activities, doing more like the streaming and and really just encouraging a really positive and supportive atmosphere. Yeah allowing a space for people to showcase their talents and their interests yeah um stuff like that and and yeah the whole wholesomeness thing i feel like on from from the <laughs> it's it's like it's kind of it's sort of a joke in a way but it's also not right like it, mm. it's 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 part of my personal philosophy that being positive is is you know choosing to be positive is a really important thing Mm. because at the end of the day I, I understand that i i mean i don't want anything anyone to get me wrong here like life is not just about ignoring negative things like no, that's sure. not that isn't that isn't what positivity is about it's about acknowledging negative things but choosing to be to, to make something positive out of them when you can you know mm. i think that's really important you know i don't ever i would never ever sort of downplay anyone's negative uh, experiences in life or anything like that, or if they're going through a difficult time, it's never helpful to say, hey, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but listen, like you're not dead. You know, like no yeah. one wants to hear that when they're going through a negative thing, right? And that's not my attitude at all. I just think that it's it's really important to to focus on the, the things, the positive things that you still have whilst, and, 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 and also the positive things that you will do from this moment forward mm. to deal with the negativity in your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Acknowledge the negative things that are in your life and be like, okay, well, this sucks. It absolutely sucks. Like, what? How can I make this positive? Or mm. how can I uh, convey that to other people? How can I, you know, how can I not allow my negativity to the negative things that are happening to me? I don't want to spread that to other people. I'd rather, you know, yeah, yeah, form like a, a you know a positive atmosphere for people to support each other through the yeah. negative times. Yeah, yeah. It's often what again, not minimizing what anybody's going through, but it's it's often not like what's happening, but like what you re- how you react to things, because yeah. that's in the end, that's the only thing you can control is how you react to to something. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, everyone lets things get on top of them sometimes, and that's that's completely natural, you know. Yeah. But I think um, that strength to uh, withstand negative influences in your life and and still you know, convey positivity to other people. That's, um, that's a real mark of strength. I really respect anyone who can, who can do that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do do you have any, uh, like habits or like things like exercise or meditation or things that you do in your life that kind of help you on that path? Um, it's something that I did struggle with a long time ago, like years and years ago. Um, I think that just reminding myself of this kind of core philosophy, and reminding myself that, you know, sometimes we go through difficult things, but it's again, just reminding myself that it's how I react to those things. Mm. And at times in the past, I was, I was not 
the per I would guess I would say that not the person that I would want to be today. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I've made enormous progress in 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 those respects. You know, in the past, I would let my own negativity affect other people. You know. Mm. Just because I was having a, a rough time doesn't mean I have to make other people have a rough time for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of pointless, right? And reminding myself that it's always a choice just to be like, okay, well, I can still, I can still, you know, make other people's days better, even if I'm struggling with my own stuff. It doesn't mean that I have to let other people carry that as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Was it something that was also brought because? I've I've done like a lot of like self introspection during like COVID and and lockdown. And I think a lot of people have gone through that as well. It, was that something like similar for you, where like lockdown and and stuff kind of forced you to like look more at yourself and, and things like that? Uh, you know, actually, not really. I, I feel like for quite a long time now, um, I've been at this comfortable level where you know I've I've already done a lot of reflection about myself and about life in general. You know. So lockdown was something that didn't really phase me in, in, in a super negative way because I always have something to focus on. I have something to keep me busy, surrounded by people who care, who care yeah. about me. And I surround myself with people that I care about also, you know? Yeah, so yeah. there's always something positive to focus on, something to, something to, to, to channel positive energy into, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of positive vibes off you. It's, uh, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> whenever I need a, I know whenever I need a positive, like, shot i just go on your discord (laughs) (laughs) it's just hard to keep up with like all the memes there's a lot of like inside jokes and memes that sometimes like (laughs) no i totally understand you yeah there's also like a a sub um uh i don't know not a sub thread or sub topic on like astronomy i think or space in your discord (laughs) is that like one of your your passions as well or I, I love space. I absolutely love space. Like, this is such a, cl- I think at this point, like a really cliche thing to be like, I love space. Right. But like, no, no, honestly, no, it, uh, it's, uh, from a, not just from a scientific point of view, right. Like the, the, the aspect of the actual astrophysics mm-hmm. of, of, of the mechanics of space, you know, yeah. and, and of our universe. Right. Not only is that really super interesting, you know, I've always been, um, when I was growing up, I was always really interested in this kind of, these kind of things. I was reading, um, um, like these like theoretical physics based books mm-hmm. um, from like quite a young age. It was always something I was interested in and I've always been into science, you know, mm. um, I was always, you know, uh, uh, reading about it in my spare time. And, and at university, I studied computer science and, mm. and, and stuff like that, you know, like I, I've always been that way minded, I guess. And I've always really enjoyed that, that side of it, but also on the other side from like a, a phil- like not a philosophical way, but like in a, in a way that, how that the concept of space makes you feel mm-hmm. right and that uh, you know faced with the vastness of of space yeah. and, the, and the mysteries of space and what that represents as an as an idea is also something that really resonates with me as a person mm. so yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's a uh, yeah it's, it's sometimes when i think about it too much it's uh, it's just too scary <laughs> like when you think about as you said like the the vast like the vast nothingness of space and mm. everything that's out there and was it there before has it always been there will it always be there like mm. it's like too big of a question for my small brain <laughs> <laughs> i think it's too big of a question for basically any human brain we're not really we're not really equipped right to to for a single brain to encapsulate the entirety of existence is kind yeah. of a, a, too big an ask you know yeah. but it's what you make of it in your own like reflected through your own personal lens 
yeah. it's, it's it's what you make of it that's important right yeah i think yeah. Do, you, do you have any interesting theories regarding like space the universe like multiverse uh expanding collapsing um i believe everything's going to come to an end like at some point and then people always say isn't that depressing and i'm just like not 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 particularly i mean i i, I feel like the value of things is really derived by their impermanence you know mm -hmm, like absolutely. i think that if something was everlasting it would just lose meaning you get to the two billionth year and you know like like everyone likes pizza right like yeah. <laughs> now imagine eating pizza for two billion years you're going to be bored of pizza like it just everything just loses its meaning at some point everything breaks down when 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 like time tends to infinity everything just loses meaning right yeah like the, the longer the time that you spend doing something that like by almost by definition the value you gain from it just drops you know yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like would you really enjoy summer and going out for a summer holiday and enjoying the beach if that was literally your life every single day of course you yeah. wouldn't you know what i mean you get bored of it yeah, absolutely but the, the the whole point of 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 appreciating things in my opinion anyway this is obviously this is my personal philosophy again but like I, I i ascribe value to things that don't last forever and that that also goes for the entirety of ex existence right like mm. everything's going to come to an end at some point and that does that mean that it ha no longer has meaning not really right because at the end of the day if you know that it's going to come to an end you only have a certain amount of time to enjoy it and make the most of it yeah you know uh, that's that's, yeah. that's my thought on it yeah but that's 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 the whole point of like if we want to get deep like just of life like life has value because it comes to an end at some point because mm -hmm. if we were all as you said like living forever then would what what we do every day would it have meaning actually uh -huh. yeah probably not like <laughs> exactly yeah I mean, you have in, an infinite time to like do whatever you want like by definition <laughs> if you have an infinite time to do everything you can literally do everything which yeah. then everything which then ironically then everything doesn't have value anymore right? yeah yeah no, absolutely so so you know because from the research a quote unquote that I <laughs> that I've done. You're not a believer in like the universe like uh, expanding, becoming cold, and then collapsing, and then you get a big bang again, and then it's like this continuous like cycle. I I mean potentially, yeah. I mean again, I'm not. I I, I don't pretend to be an expert in any anything in in the realms of theoretical physics, and especially not in theoretical physics in a realm that is so hotly debated i guess mm. like yeah i mean I, i've read in, in 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 books like i remember as a kid i was reading a lot of michio kaku books michio kaku is a theoretical physics uh a physicist um originally japanese he now lives in america um and i've read a lot of his books and uh, you know that the that idea of like the the, the big crunch and then uh, yeah. followed by another big bang is, is is a it's definitely a theory that i've heard before um I, I don't know if that is still an infinite process, you know, like mm. just because it happens once, like it doesn't mean it's going to happen for the forever, you know, like yeah. you got to think about what also what exists if, if anything exists outside of that entire ecosystem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. And, and, and whether or not the, that sort of quantum void can, can support this happening forever, I assume, you know, again, I'm not, mm. yeah, no expert in it. <laughs> That's cool. It's the first time somebody says quantum void on my podcast. So it's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first. <laughs> and do you have any thoughts on the like other forms of life? Because that's also a hotly debated topic. I honestly think it would be uh, stupid, personally, 
like stupid to think that other intelligent life doesn't exist. I think mm. it's just statistically so unlikely that it doesn't young, exist yeah. that it would be dumb to uh, assume <laughs> that it doesn't exist, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Are you following what uh, Elon Musk is doing with uh, with SpaceX and, and Mars mm -hmm. and, and all of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have any opinions? Because a lot of people are more of the, the opinion, like we have our problems on Earth, we should focus on Earth and spend money on Earth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can see you don't agree. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> if I'm honest, I mean, there's two roads we can walk, right? One is that we can try and solve all our issues on Earth, which by the way, every issue that we currently have on Earth, I really believe could be remedied by by the opening up of uh, of intergalactic space travel right mm. and it's such a long thing that's so sci-fi sounding that people who aren't who don't think about it in a day-to-day -day sense this is where you get comments like why are we wasting money on rockets when we mm. could be using that money to make what two billion portions of curry for to feed the universe you know like to feed the to feed the world yeah, or something yeah. To, to that effect, right? Like we could be spending this rocket money on something that's palpable here, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I see that, but like what's in the long run? Now, if we redivert all our resources onto temporary things like like that, which by the way, wouldn't be a bad thing to feed people, obviously. That's not no, what I'm no, saying. Sure. Yeah. But um, space travel and space research and theoretical physics research represents... Uh, something greater right like a a, a further step past uh, in in human advancement that would solve a lot of problems for humans in the future right mm. because if we get stuck here and if we run out of resources and never get to that point then we just then then the then the earth is our coffin you know there's no as, as a species yeah. there's no there, yeah we just die and that's fine like if you, if you want humankind to just die then that's whatever right like that's that's your prerogative then and if you if you're happy with just like basically the the in a physics sense laying down and dying well then okay that's your opinion you know that, mm -hmm. that you're totally entitled to that opinion if you just want to give up on the future of humankind and just be like okay we'll just live here and then what the sun swallows us in in a, in a, in a few thousand years or whatever yeah. then okay then then the earth is literally swallowed by the sun reduced to nothingness our sun goes supernova and scatters our basically our ashes into into the void and no. that, if that's the way you want to go if that's the way you want to go then okay you know then that's that's absolutely fine by me that that if that's the, if that's your long game or what yeah. you would prefer to happen to humankind then okay you know that's a conscious choice and, and you're allowed that opinion i would rather take the attitude that it's like yeah well we as humans can move past that stage we can you know at the end of the day, I, I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in like a higher authority that tells us what we can and can't do. Mm. You know, um, I really don't see any sort of moral downside of traveling to an, a totally uh, as yet un, like uncolonized, if you want to call it, that planet and, and, mm. and making that a home too. You know, yeah, I don't absolutely. see any moral downside of that. Like the universe is not a living thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the universe is just, it just exists just like we do. We just exist. We're just a bunch of cells that exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just do the things that we do for whatever, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just that issue of like short term versus long term is the like typical like politician uh, politics issue of like you're elected for four years. And so you have to show results in four years. And a lot of these problems won't get solved in four years. And so you might not be tackling the root problem. And uh -huh. same goes for space exploration is that you have to make these huge investments now, but we mm -hmm. don't, we won't see anything before 10, 15 years, whatever. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are, um, I would, uh, I use this word hesitantly because it comes across very negative, but short-sighted in that respect, that they don't care about humankind in 200 years, Yeah, you know, or or 300 years or 500 years or 1,000 years, you know? And yeah, okay, we'll be dead by then, of course. But then is that an excuse to not put your priorities in a correct place for other people? Mm, I don't know, man. Like, again, that's a personal choice, you know? Yeah, but it takes a lot of, like, effort to even like conceptualize what does 500 years from now mean like yeah because yeah, yeah. you won't be there your kids won't be there grandkids neither so it's like so far removed yeah. and i think that's why people have an issue maybe with like space travel and investing in going on mars yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh, it's just not something that um it doesn't it doesn't really compute in my brain to not to to to, to feel differently about it to yeah. me and this is why i feel the way i do about it you know yeah yeah for sure you know it's just yeah. Yeah. You've done your research on the topic. <laughs> You've thought a oh, lot I about mean, it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like to think about these things, but also, as I said, I, I can't pretend that I, I invented anything. Again, I'm not an expert. I just read books, you know? And, yeah, yeah uh, no, for sure. And, and I think that, like, these theoretical physics books are really easy for, because they're written for everyday people, you know, like Michio Kaku's books are, are really are um, super interesting reads, you know? Uh, or, or, or like a brief history of time by Stephen Hawking. You know? Yeah, yeah, I read that one. Classic. Yeah, like, yeah. like, the, like these things are these books are, I believe, super important for people to read to open their mind to that perspective, like, mm-hmm. a, like a a wider perspective than just your your immediate surroundings. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we exist in this universe. We gotta respect that. You know. Yeah, for sure. We're. I'm curious if you're like your parents were because you're obviously very like <laughs> deep in the topic were your parents like uh, interested by space or was it just you as a kid you just stumbled upon it uh, not really my oldest brother had uh, like these kind of books lying around and i just read them uh, there's no, okay, no yeah. other reason other okay than that. it's just yeah and you never thought of like pursuing it as a like studies because you said you studied computer science yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah you never thought of going like into like astrophysics or more theoretical aspects i feel like um, when I was at the age where I was choosing what to study, I wasn't interested in it. If I if I went back now, there's a there's a t- almost too many things that I would be interested in studying now, you know, and and maybe taking that <clears throat> that path. Yeah, that I mean, I could see myself doing that and enjoying it as well. You know. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that was deep. <laughs> I need to <laughs> <laughs> breathe. Uh, just to bring it on a slightly lighter note, uh, how did it feel having a track featured on Rocket League? <laughs> polar opposites uh, i it was it was really cool especially you know like rocket league is such a big game now and yeah it's enjoyed by so many people around the world and uh, yeah of course it's going to feel really great to uh, to have a platform like that to to have a track on there you know yeah yeah, yeah. was the track written for rocket league or was it like featured afterwards when it was out? Uh, i ooh, i can't exactly remember honestly i i i think we'd already written it and then it came around to the point where they, where, where Monster Cat were like, "Hey, we're doing a collaboration with Rocket League. Hey, do you have any tracks that you want to like uh, apply mm. to be part of the process?" And uh, we we're like, "Yeah, what about this one?" And they, they liked it, so yeah, yeah, I think it did really well. So yeah, I think I, I, I said this before on the podcast. I played Rocket League once, and I don't think I'm ever going to play it again. Like it's <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> I think the learning curve is so hard, but maybe a lot yeah. of the games are like that. And I'm not a mm-hmm. gamer, but. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I found the, like talking, coming back to like physics, like the physics yeah. in that game are like, I just, it was too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, it's one of those games that really is a concept. And this is why I really respect it as a game, honestly. 
I like games which present you with a really simple core mechanic, right? And the core mechanic is that you have a car and you hit the ball. Like that, it's just literally just that. It's the, like the easiest concept, right? Yeah. To get your mind around. But it's like the execution of that, right? It's, mm. it's what that entails. That has this enormous learning curve, you know? Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just played with a friend who had played it quite a few times before. And so I was like, yeah, no, not interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too frustrating. Uh, I'm going to bring this slowly to a close. It was a real pleasure talking with you, talking music, drone bass. Likewise, yeah. Space. I wasn't expecting that, but uh, <laughs> really interesting having your, your thoughts on that. Um, but before we, we shut off, I'd be remiss to not talk about just one track, which is my all-time favorite of yours and of my buddy, which I showed you the picture uh, at the uh, concert mm. uh, event like six years ago. Um, and that's uh, Signs. I don't know if you yeah, remember yeah. that I track. I remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we headbanged at so many times on that track <laughs> <laughs> at like our own little raves in our apartments. Uh, so I did, yeah, I just want to like, do you remember writing that track? Uh, how did it come about? Uh, I do, yeah. I was experimenting with like that kind of, I guess that kind of sound. It's not something that I'd have done often. It's no. a bit, it's a bit, when I listen to it now, or I haven't listened to it for a long time actually, but when I think about it, it's kind of a weird track. And it is, yeah. I, if, if, if I had to do it again, like I would probably produce it completely differently, obviously, like anyone would listen to their old stuff. But um, it was, yeah, it was kind of, I remember being quite proud of it at the time. Uh, yeah. I think. yeah. Yeah. And from a like technical aspect, like I'm a still like, budding producer um but like technically it sounds like like i have no idea how how you made that track for example like was it was it also like a technical achievement for you like writing that track i i probably at the time i thought it was um mm. when i look back on it probably not honestly oh, really? it's, it's yeah it's not it's nothing is i would say in all of my productions the technical aspect has never been the forefront obviously it's something that i still really care about because it's part of my craft you know and it's something that mm. i study and, and practice and I would say that right now my my technical skills uh, are still improving every every time I make something new. So when I look back on old stuff like from a few years ago, I don't really think much of it technically, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. I just remember when that track came out, and as you <laughs> said, it's it's like quite different from mm -hmm. other tracks of that period, and even of what you did now. And mm -hmm. it's very like I don't know how you characterize the drop, but like very like stop and start. Like uh, oh, the drums yeah. are very different. It's not your typical drum and bass pattern, and mm -hmm. I don't know. For us, it became like an instant classic of our like parties. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to drop that because you would probably kill me if I didn't talk about that track. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, cheers, man. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thanks a lot for, for your time. Um, before we shut off, where can people maybe reach out to you, the Discord, any projects you have upcoming um, you want to talk about? I can't talk about the upcoming stuff. So all I can say is I've got upcoming stuff. Um, on both Liquid City and on Monster Cat, and uh, yeah, um, I'll definitely announce it again on on social media, so Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter. Um, but yeah, mainly if you want to directly uh, interact with me, like the Twitch streams and the Discord, really big ones, yeah. Yeah, and Discord is I don't know how can people find the Discord. It's just on it's just the Discord.gg forward slash faint. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. If you want to join the wholesome gang, that's where all the <laughs> wholesomeness happens. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Really appreciate this uh, this one. And I think uh, my listeners are really going to enjoy this chat. So all the best. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.